0: And that is why this is the best damn flag league in Jersey.
1: The Cowboys
2: are the first ever Old flag football league champions.
0: And what's going on everybody? Welcome back to the OB FFL podcast episode number 32 today. Today will be a week three recap. We will be talking about all of the games. A little bit of a different panel here today. Alongside me as always Tommy Savaro, my father. Brandon Kurtzman, Commissioner of the League. Augie will he be speaking on the mic today? Who knows, he's here, maybe ready to chime in. And Tom Garvey making his OBFFL podcast debut, sitting right next to me today. We got a good panel, we're ready to talk about these games. Kurtzman, as always,
3: before we get into the recap, do we have any news on the league? Um, nothing new. I think the game, week three games were uh, good, very competitive, uh, much more of a lower scoring weekend than in recent, uh, recent weeks this season so far, and I think that means that teams are getting more cohesive defensively as well as also finding ways to make the big play when they have to.
0: Do we have any news regarding the field situation before yeah, we get into it? Yeah, we're going to be on the turf
3: again next week. I already got confirmation from SJV. So, barring any unforeseen circumstances, we're back on the turf again next week.
0: Okay. Um. Uh, can I just throw something out there? I hate the way that it's set up right now. Going towards I the end zone, asked the
3: players. If I, they I to change don't it. know
0: why everyone in the league loves it so much. Dad, you agree, right? You th- the setup that w- that we have right now for on the on the.
3: We'll put out a poll
0: on the turf with the one game going this way and the other game going that yeah, way. You kind of and over- and then the a both bit. the fields overlap and then there's really nowhere for the fans to stand. I don't know. Maybe
3: just because I'm a no, fan, I and I agree and I agree to an extent. But I asked the players before I set up the field, and most of the players that were there at the time said to keep it the way it was. They want it so, because they
0: want to. People want to score in the end zone. That's what it comes I think, down. to. And through. I think that is a lot. But guess what? We'll put out a poll. And we'll see what happens. All right, maybe I could just be in the minority here. Maybe you I'm I don't I nonsense. actually don't know. Really? Uh, let's know get. You. Let's dive right into. Let's di- Let's dive right into the recap. As Augie's over here capping. <laughs> um, first game of the day. I'll start with you two. We'll go. We'll go heavy hitter first, real quick. Oklahoma, led by Brandon Kurtzman against the Arizona State, led by Augie Garbalato. The Arizona State Sun Devils, devil. led by. Augie Garbalato. The final score of the game was Twenty Eight to twelve. Twenty-eight to twelve. I think the score is not an accurate representation of how the game went. Augie, you're the loser here. I'll start I'll start with you. How do you feel? And Tom, you could chime in here too, since you're you were also on Augie's <laughs> team. How do you feel you guys played and why do you think you lost?
1: I'll give my quarterback the floor first. Uh,
2: I think our defense played great. Uh,
1: you only had what six points? Seven points at halftime. Seven points at half. Um, offense, we just couldn't put it together inside the red zone. I, I didn't play my best,
0: but uh, I'm confident in the group of guys we got. So pass it over to Tom.
1: To Augie's he's still devastated about the That's loss. It. Tom, still what what do you, what do you think? Why do you think you guys lost this weekend? I think we're a very deep team from top to bottom. I think you make the argument that we're in one of the top teams as far as depth goes. I think defensively, we did everything we wanted to do going into the game. We had a game plan. I think it did take us a drive or two to adjust. If I'm not mistaken, Kurtzman did come down pretty quickly and score on the first drive. I think after that drive, the defense really held together. We came in, we talked about what we were doing. What we had planned to do wasn't necessarily working 100%. We adjusted a little bit, made some position changes. I know myself and Augie actually swapped the positions we were playing. And from there on out, I thought we held held well defensively. We just got to get things going on offense.
3: Kurtzman, why do you think you were successful this weekend? Nah, well, it wasn't the first half, I'll tell you that much. Uh, we scored in the first possession on two plays. After Augie had a nice touchdown drive to start the game. Um we scored on two plays, one play to Ed, one play to Mike. Touchdown. I felt very confident, and then we got we got bailed out by a couple of big calls going our way at the goal line. Augie could have possibly been in on either of the two, um, either the either, either of the two, two scores. scoring. He plays. had one on the sideline p- where he ran up the left sideline, then he had another one where uh, he dove in the end zone. I, listen, I think both could have gone either way, and it both just happened to go my way that day. And then he threw an intercept, and then on the next play. The, one, the second time he got stopped at the one, the next play was four down. He threw an interception. That was the half. We had the ball coming out of the half, and I kind of felt very confident about the game after that. Uh, we came out and scored. Mount
2: Garvey had the interception. Oh, the we half. did. You're right.
3: Garvey, Garvey yeah. conveniently forgets about the interception. Nah, <laughs> nah. I, uh, <laughs> no, no. I, nah, I stepped on Drew's hand as I threw the ball. But, uh, no, nah, Tom made a play on the ball. But uh, I'm happy that my defense came out and played well, Really, truly played well for the first time all season against a good offense. Um we made some adjustments in the second half. I moved the defensive line, and I think that was a big contributing factor to how we were ended up to get the dub.
0: Dad, did you see? You didn't see any of this game, right? You I didn't were, see any other game.
3: All right, I'll
0: go. I'll go from what I saw here. Uh, I thought. I think Augie's too hard on himself the way he plays quarterback. I think Augie's one of the top four or five quarterbacks in the league. Top top three, arguably any given weekend. I think on any given weekend he could be the best quarterback in the league. Uh, I still love the Arizona State team, Tom and Augie. I love your guys' team. Kurtzman, I think that was the first time that I've really seen you struggle at all in a few seasons here. Now, realistically, uh, they did a really good job on you in, in that first half. I think True poses a big problem for you. I think you know. Uh, they were getting You really don't get sacked, and they were, they were getting after you. They were making it hard on you. Amir, I thought, did a really good job putting pressure on you. Uh, Noah, True. Tom obviously intercepted you. Um, I think... Uh, defensively Julius I know Tyson went up and caught that one ball over him he did a good job on Tyson for the most part Jack on Oliva outside of that one ball he did a pretty good job on him as well I thought Nick Tompkins was huge for you another play that I wanted to point out here and I'm happy I just remembered it uh fourth and one cru- most crucial play of the game it was fourth and goal and Kurtzman calls hike not even, no drop nothing moment he catches the ball Quick release over the top to Nick Tompkins in the back of the end zone. Just went right through the line. No one on the Arizona State team was ready for it. Wide open. Touchdown. Thought that was a
3: brilliant play. Uh, And I'm going to give... I'm going to stop you right there and talk about that play real quick. That's kind of a a big reason why Tompkins goes number one. Although he's one of the most intimidating guys in the league in terms of size and stature, he's also very smart. That was not the play coming out of the huddle. Mm. That was... We lined up. Nick Tompkins turned around to me and kind of just gave me a look like... Look for what I'm about to look for look for yeah. what I'm about to do right now. And we I kind of he looked turned around and I looked at the field real quick and I we kinda of just thought yeah. the same thing. We saw the middle of the field was wide open and all he had to do was just run straight and I was gonna throw it over the top and I'm happy it worked. I'm happy he's a super smart player on the field. Uh and I know he's bought in cuz he he comes up to me before the game and says, "You know, I'm not sitting a snap today." I go, yeah. "100%. I go, "I want you in there. I want you making plays, all day. So I'm other happy. guys, other guys on your team I want to shout out. Jimmy Frio obviously has been
0: phenomenal for you. I said Mike Tyson right now, if the season were to end, he would be my defensive player of the year. He's been phenomenal. Um I think that uh, this was, uh, might could be an early preview of a potential playoff matchup here. I thought this was a really good game, really interesting game. I think, you know, if if you you say you don't get that fourth down conversion to Tompkins and Augie does get in the end zone, I think it's a completely different game. They could have easily won this game. Another thing I want to say, a lot of people were on Arizona State and they were complaining about the officiating. And saying, you know, especially on the touchdown, the last one you threw to Justin Santiago, which really put the game away. um, Which actually only put you guys up 8 because Tyson was out of bounds on the 2-point or the 1-point conversion. So you guys were up 8. And uh, on that play where you end up throwing that touchdown to Justin, a lot of people thought you were down or your flag was off before before you released the ball. I had it on video. My phone ends up glitching out of the instagram as it does throughout the entire day i have no clue why it does that but i didn't get to post it to the instagram story i watched it like three or four times it was clear as day that the ball was out of your hands like it wasn't even close honestly if we're being so, honest
3: the flag was pulled when i was standing on the when i was laying on the floor yeah yeah it When was,
0: it was way after the play but besides that augie ended up having a chance and again kurtzman gotta give yourself credit here you made a big play. You got a safety on Augie to end the game and Augie was pissed. He was like, how the hell is is bumass Kurtzman rushing me at, to to such extent and it was really the difference of the game. You made you made the play and the game was over after that.
3: Yeah. No, I'm happy with my team's win like you said. Uh we game could, really could have gone another way if a few calls go the way of their team instead of our team, but my guys fought their adversity and we're looking forward to week 4.
0: Tom, I'll go to you before we move off this game. Uh, what do you think your team needs to do? A, actually, you know what? Scratch that because we'll do that for the preview.
1: What do you think separates Kurtzman's team from everyone else? I think Kurtzman's a real smart player. I mean, we all know Kurtzman definitely doesn't have a good arm, mm-hmm. but he's out there and he's a smart player. Um, he, he gets it right to his lineman. Uh, the second he sees someone coming in for a blitz, the first place he looks is that lineman or to take off. I think if every quarterback had that mentality... You'd see much more high-scoring games. I played D-line for the first maybe eight snaps of the game, and it is not easy by any means. Now that the offensive linemen are eligible, you're always kind of stuck in between. Am I going after the quarterback? Am I dropping back? I wouldn't be surprised, the success that Kurtzman's team is having and IB's team. I missed my game against them last week, but... Every time I look at them, their linemen are catching balls. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year, by the playoffs and second matchups, if we see more teams starting to run more loose zones or something like that. Dad, I know you haven't uh, jumped in here. You just raised your hand. You want to get something out there.
2: Yeah, I know everyone likes to say how small Kurt- Kurtzman is on the field, including me. But the bottom line is he's smarter than everyone off the field. Mm. Look at a team he drafted. I mean, all the quarterbacks that were drafting in this, this draft, you know, picked their plays at the same opportunities he did. He somehow always picks the right players.
0: You want to know why? And if we're being one hundred percent honest, Kurtzman already knows where I'm going with this. I gave him hidden gems. I gave him. I oh, gifted you. I gifted him Tyson in the second round. Uh, it's just uh, no one knew Tyson as was I, good. As I, as I as I sit here, as
3: I sit here, roll my eyes.
0: Anyways, let's uh, let's get into let's get into the other game, Dad. I'm gonna start. i gonna start off with you. You were refing this one. It was the other eleven thirty game. UCLA versus Arizona. UCLA read, led by Rob Lecanti their quarterback and Arizona led by Smitty, a.k.a. Nick Smith dad what was your takeaway from this game how did it start how did it finish give me a give me a lot here
2: UCLA jumped out to a quick was uh, I believe 12 nothing no it was 12 two
3: 12 two yes yeah, yeah. first it was eight
2: thing. it was eight nothing I believe then it was eight two No, I'm sorry six six nothing six two and then jumped out to 12 two and they seemed like they had the the, the game in control uh, uh, LeConte threw a beautiful deep ball to uh, to Liam over the shoulder in the end zone. Gorgeous, gorgeous pass. And uh, I figured, you know what this this might be, this might be the end for AU. But uh, they hung in there. They they they're a scrapping team. And like uh, and uh, like I said, every week I think they do get better. Uh, Smitty took control of the game. Uh, you know, pulled the ball down, ran when he had to, uh, made key passes. Uh, and you know what? It's in game adjustments that makes that team better. Uh, they did they they they. They found out the weakness on that team, on UCLA, went after it, went up uh, two scores, and, and held on to win the game.
0: Let me ask you a question now, because Kurtzman, you did not see the game. No one here, uh, none of you guys saw the game. I we saw a little bit. Yeah, I was watching, going back and forth. Dad, so this would be between me and you here. Uh, how do you think, because you were critical of Rob right. from you know the
2: first few weeks, how do you think he looked in Week Three compared to the previous? I, I think he looked a lot better than he did in the previous weeks, even in a losing effort. I thought he looked great.
0: So, if this loss to you right here, this this loss for them, this ge- that game was more impressive than either of their other games
2: that they played. Believe it or not, yeah, yeah, I think they yeah. were better in the loss than they were in their their win and and the other blowout loss they had to Kurtzman's team. Uh, I'd like to see them shore up their defense. Uh, there, are, I know, I know everyone's got to play, but what you have to do is get your best players in. You know, when it's crunch time or certain certain downs in a series, and uh, they didn't have that, and I, I think it cost them.
0: So you think lineup management it go plays a long way with.
2: I, I think they have to have a rotation in uh, in place, and that would help with their uh, their key moments in their games.
0: So what was the turning point of the game? Why did. Arizona comeback because I thought it was it was pretty much over when it was it was twelve nothing I was like oh they're gonna roll you know and, and me and Kurtzman we both picked UCLA because we thought. Uh, we thought the experience of Rob was going to be enough to have the inexperience over Smitty, obviously, but Smitty actually
2: turned it around. They started moving the ball. What was what was the turning point? What what was the the? Well, like I said, Smitty, uh, he started pulling the ball down, started running when he had to. But uh, I think key moments was Billy was having a great game at safety. Billy mm-hmm. Andrews, I think he had two picks. He did. He was helping big over the top. They were able to isolate or kinda Even if you want to say he was able to look off the safety to get one on one coverage on on the outside, which resulted in two touchdowns to them late. I thought that was a. Uh, a great management by Smitty. So
0: I was talking to Smitty after the game, and he said, "I gotta start running it more." So you think that the turning point in the game was they're down twelve 2 and he said, "I'm gonna put the game in my hands run, run running a bit? more
2: and trying to, you know, get the one-on-one coverage that they needed on the outside." So I, I, I think the, the Who, like we, I said, the in-game adjustments really helped them.
0: We're not going the stats yet. I just realized we forgot to do the stats I, for I, the yeah, other yeah, game. We'll talk so. about. We'll do the stats for both games after we're done talking <laughs> about this one. But um, as he's dying on his drool over there. Uh, <laughs> um, what uh, what do you
2: think? Who who was the X Factor uh, offensively in that game? I'd like to know his name as a
3: receiver. Paul, Paul. he called it auto.
2: Right, right. Uh, two touchdowns
3: uh,
2: off of, uh, I hate to sing a lot of player, but uh, off of Liam. Uh, he uh, two beautifully thrown balls by by Smitty. One uh, on a fourth down to take the lead, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, go- gorgeous, gorgeous pass. But uh, you know, he he stepped up and and it was a a great play on both ends. All right. So, moving moving forward, and this is to get a little bit into the preview here.
0: Which team do you like more out of these two moving forward? I know they played head-to-head, to head, and I think that if this game was to go, if they were to play this game 10 times, it would be 5-5, five and five, honestly. I think this was a really good one. Who do you like moving more? Or who do you like more moving forward is what I'm trying to say?
2: Well, like I, I just said, I think UCLA, um, I think UCLA is a great team. I think Rob is capable of pulling his team. Uh to the elite status, he's that type of quarterback. He did it last year with the Giants when he stepped in. I never have any doubt that Rob can do that. Uh, I do believe they are going to be better in the weeks to come. UCLA, uh, not UCLA, I'm sorry. Um, Arizona. A- Arizona, Arizona, like I said, they're getting better every week. i like to see him against the harder competition leagues, which which we will see soon, and uh, that will give me a, a true measurement of, of how, how, how far they've come.
1: When the game was going on, oh, Tom, you want to jump in here? I will say, just looking at these teams on paper, uh, who won the game? UCLA won the, UCLA. the no, Arizona, Arizona Arizona won. Arizona team game. Arizona, with the two teams that are this evenly matched, I think it'd be we have to talk about the fact that Austin wasn't there. Yeah, of course, of course. I didn't see much of the game. I only saw a couple drives, but the type of player Austin is in this league, I think, regardless, he could have helped on both sides of the ball. Yeah. The,
2: the one thing I didn't like the end of the game. Uh, Arizona was trying to kill clock, and they were just basically kneeling the ball. I mean, they had a first and goal inside the 25, and they kind of drove themselves out past midfield. Uh, You know, you want to keep the clock going. How about a couple of runs, a couple of, you know, options just to get some yards, get some positive yards, and kill some more clock? I I don't, I'm not an advocate for kneeling on the ball with that much time, two minutes left in the game.
0: So you want more creativity offensively,
2: Right, listen, at the end of the game, Rob could have tied that game up. It wasn't for the holding call, you know, had a shot at a two pointer to tie it. You know? Is there any uh, any you didn't mention Joe or Spo? Your two guys, no, nothing. Uh, you know, like I said, they're the high energy guys. Uh, Spo had a great game on the line. I think he pulled the safety. Um, again, I like to see Spo in the second year. I, I, he plays great on the line, but you know his height and his athletic ability. I think if you played out in the secondary I think they have more more turnovers. And listen, it's it's I gotta give credit where it's due because they came back
0: and they were down early and they came back and Smitty on that fourth down, I saw that throw to Pauly. It was a really good game. And even at the very end, Rob, they didn't give up. I know you're a big big thing. You you love I mean you hate when teams just give up and they don't even make the other team snap the ball. Right. Rob fought all the way till the end and if it wasn't for that holding call, you called it and I thought it was a good call. We all hear yes, you saw I the video. It clear hold against, uh, I forget who it was, Harnish on Tinley. It was a clear hold and it would have made a difference because Rob wouldn't have been able to step up up into the pass. I think it was a good call by you. Uh, They fought to the last second. And it was it was a really good game. That's the way it's
2: supposed to be. Uh, at no point should you ever go up in a game.
0: Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a really good one. Let's do stats here.
3: Uh, Kurtzman, give me stats. Give me stats for this game, and then give me read me the stats for your game after. Okay. Rob Ocony, eight of 19, 121 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, also rushed for eighty-four yards and a touchdown. Also had a sack on defense. Liam uh, Knowles had that thirty-two-yard touchdown. Also had three pass breakups on defense. He did a good job controlling Spout, I thought based on what I saw from the stats. Um, Billy Andrews two interceptions, also had two catches for 16 yards. Um, Liam Riley had one catch for 18 yards. Pesquale Fuda had a sack and two catches for 30 yards. John Harnish had two sacks, um, and Kevin Malone another t- uh, another receiving touchdown. That's three and three weeks now for baby. Kay Kay long.
0: Um,
3: for Arizona. Smitty finished 11 at 25 or 125 yards, three touchdowns and one interception. Also rushed 12 times. So he, he says he needs to run more, but he ran 12 times. So he was definitely... Well, no, no, he
0: said, he, he said I started. we started playing better as oh. I started
3: running. Okay. 78 yards and a touchdown. Spo just one catch but also had a sack. Kevin Christie had a catch. Drive Neck had a touchdown catch of 10 yards and an interception. George had an interception. Uh, Piscopo had a sack resulting in his George. safety. George had an interception. Yeah, on, on a conversion. Swaggy G. Swaggy G, 23, <laughs> boy. Uh... Colorado Caldonado, uh, I think had his first half a day. He's going to have a half a day this week. Three catches, t- 50 yards, and two touchdowns. And uh, Joe DiMeo, two catches, 25 yards. Zach Bellheimer, one catch, 13 yards. Mm. Now, uh, to go back to the other game that we talked about, was my game against uh, Augie's team. Arizona State stats, Augie, 12-18, 116 yards. One touchdown, one interception. Also had nine rushes, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Jack two catches twelve yards. Julius three catches thirty one yards. Noah Torino twenty yard touchdown catch, uh, standing wide open in the end zone. Yes. Uh, True three catches forty yards. Also had a sack and a pass breakup. Tom Garvey interception. Uh, Ethan two catches eight yards. In Verdesco one catch three yards. And for Oklahoma, I was sixteen of twenty one, one hundred ninety six yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, I also had a sack. Tompkins finished with four catches for 40 yards and two touchdowns. Tyson, one catch, 23 yards, also had another interception. That's three straight games with an interception for Tyson. Um, Mike Oliva, two catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Another touchdown, back-to-back weeks for Oliva. Ed, two catches, 38 yards. Jimmy Frill, I believe, is top three in the league in receiving now. Five catches for 40 yards, also caught a conversion. And uh, Justin Santiago had two catches, 10 yards, and caught the big touchdown that put us ahead for good. Mm. All right, let's... Well, uh... Let's get into uh, the the next games yeah, The next later games. I want to talk uh, about the TCU Clemson game.
0: TCU Clemson. I left early, so i i need I need help here. Tom Augie, if you guys are paying attention, I played in that game. Oh, so, okay,
3: perfect. Uh, Tommy Raft, I was watching Augie's stats. We have a lot of. Oh, okay, we so a, we, we got it. So let's go. Let's go. TCU.
0: Let's go. TCU Clemson. Uh, Kurtzman, I'll start with you.
3: Why was this a blowout? I think that TCU was, the whole team was just rejuvenated watching Brian Johns play quarterback. I think they finally, th- they, they decided that they had the, uh, a good enough athlete at quarterback that could run and make plays with their feet as well as make good passes with their arm. And Brandon Giles did really just that. He came out of the gates, threw a 45-yard touchdown to Joe Pip, Pipp's first big moment of the fall season, and I was waiting for it. I went nuts. Everyone went nuts. The that entire, was the... entire I league that I was, was standing there Pipp. went nuts because I think they were just happy to see TCU, the team that looked like they were dead in the water, scoring two points, the lowest total in an OBFL game since we've started doing six points for a touchdown. Uh, there, I think the whole league was happy to see that there wasn't going to be a bad bottom feeder like the Saints from the previous season. Are we sure? Clemson got blown out. Okay, we'll okay. get into them. We'll keep them. keep going. Keep a going a with
0: TCU. <clears> I'm saying
3: in the moment. In the yeah. moment, you thought, okay, TCU's going to compete. It's going to be a good game. But Brand Giles took this game over. Uh, six total touchdowns, led the league in fantasy points, led the league in touchdowns accounted for this weekend, and he really did it all. Um, I was watching more of the Ohio State game, so I think I'll turn it over to people that are watching fully on the other game, but I was impressed with what I saw out of Brand Giles. Dad, I'll go to you here. Why do you think, uh, so Kersman just touched on TCU. Give me stuff about
2: Clemson. What went wrong for them? Why did they get blown out in this game? Uh, you know, their opening drive was uh, was perfect. Uh, they used motion a lot. Uh, they uh, mixed up the snap count. Uh, things that I like to see. Uh, Don was doing the things I like to see. But then this the drive stalled uh, inside in the red zone, and and um, turnovers has been their big. Problem the whole year. It plagues them. It plagued them again. I believe they had three, maybe three or four turnovers. Do you have the exact stats? Um, I believe they had three, Pick three had turnovers, and Marilla had yep. three Yeah, I, You know what? And even when they don't turn the ball over, their drives always stall. It starts off well, and just they can't finish. Um, I think it, it's killing them that Emmerich's not there. That Dev has not showed energy up yet. Either. Either. Yeah, like, they don't have a guy like true. Like Matt, Matt that's, not, that's not true. Matt Matt uses this walk plug. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think Matt. Is on this, the same this, level is true and uh, really, uh, as far as talking and bringing the energy No, well yeah he doesn't trash talk but his play you know, does plenty for them yeah.
0: Tom what do
1: you what do you think it was you were on that Clemson team this week why do you think why do you think it got out of the hand the way it did so, I mean, I played with them for a reason. They are missing a lot of key guys. Like you said, Ev- Emrick's missing. Um, Emrick's friend, who, if you're listening, I hope you're okay and I hope you show up to a game. Yeah. Uh, What's his name, Dev? Yeah. yeah. He hasn't been there, and that's, I guess, technically, like their fourth or fifth round pick. So they're missing key players. Dylan's banged up. There's no and Zach this week either. No, yeah, no Zach, of course, this week. So, I mean, it's tough when you're missing that many guys. There's no fluidity. You're not... I mean, teams that practice, you guys always talk on the podcast, teams that meet up and practice, teams that care, get better as the weeks go on, and if they're just week by week missing guys and not being able to kind of work together as a team, it's tough, and like Augie mentioned, I mean, just being out there with them, like, it's flat, there's no, uh, there's no, like, energy as you're in the huddle, there's no, on defense, everyone's kind of just a little bit flat. Like I felt like I cared more about the game than half the guys that were out there. Yeah.
0: That uh, you saw Brandon Giles. Give me your, your uh, takeaway on him as a
2: quarterback. You know, we saw teams last year uh, have a change of quarterback and spark their teams. We saw Vin Gargano come in, spark his team. Mike Gargano, Gargano. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mike <laughs> Gargano come in, spark his team. We saw uh, LaConte come in, spark his team. This is what this team needed. I was real happy to see that that team uh, play well. Uh, and it, it, it kind of ignited their whole team, even on, on the defensive side of the ball. They were great defensively as well as offensively. But he did everything right to, to you know make that team move. Uh, credit to him, and uh, I, I look forward to them playing better in the weeks to come. See, the thing that
0: we talked about, and you were very critical of their line after the first few weeks, you had Scott there, you had Matt there, Damian, Damian was there, and I'm forgetting one more. I don't know who
3: I'm, I'm forgetting. am Nick Rivas or Sean? Sean played receiver. I know Sean plays receiver now for them. I'm not sure who they use as their four. I mean, they might only went with a three-man but line. Scott, but Scott, from what I have saw before I
0: left, Scott was having a good day, Scott offensively and defensively. Game. He grabs the flag. He's all over the field. He looked very good. Damien, obviously Matt Morolo, We know what Matt Maybe does. He had a touchdown for them. He used to catch a lot of balls.
2: Yeah, I think he threw five touchdowns to five different yep.
0: receivers. Yes. and a rushing touchdown. And I think yeah, I know, outside of cool. the
1: pip touchdown, I think it might have been four guys. that I think every player that caught a touchdown. I could be wrong. I think they all started the play on the offensive line. Mm. So he's getting the ball to yeah. his offensive line. He had lineup. a little Gardner Minshew in him after the game. He had a beanie on. He had so his shades on.
2: Who <laughs> are you
0: calling? You're, you're saying Brandon Giles is Gardner
3: no, Brandon Giles is not void of confidence. He yeah. is definitely very, super very, super confident in himself. Always been that way. Uh, and he has every right to be. He's a very good athlete. And he can make plays. And um, I'm excited to see how far he can take TCU's team. Because... They looked good. I'm gonna halt the. I'm gonna halt it a little bit. Halt the excitement because it was against Clemson, who I guess as of now is the worst team in the league. Um, but like I said, I think it's hard to. Um, it's hard to judge them. They haven't had their full team once yet. But I think going back to Dom's team. A lot of the things that they want to do on offense, like timing routes and stuff like that, that takes continue. That takes like you um, need consistency. practice, consistency. Uh, having the same guy show up every week and just keep getting better as a unit every week, and they haven't been able to do that no. in consecutive weeks yet. So I think was- that's the thing that is the downfall of Clemson and Dom's quarterback play is the lack of consistency on offense, the lack of consistency of people coming to the games. I also think he is limited as a quarterback now, seeing it through three games. I think that um, if things aren't going perfectly right, that it is going to be hard for Dom to succeed.
0: I still like their team. I like Matt Hughes. I like Tommy Torrey. I like Vin Arena. So I like their line. I think their playmakers, they just got to show up. I, I know uh, Dylan is hurt again now. We don't know what's happening with him. Zach Sheree, who we all say free Zach Shire has been a beast in, in the league. He wasn't there this weekend. Uh, Emrick, who looked great in week one, hasn't showed up since. And his boy Dev, who I know is a beast, he hasn't showed up either. I think they all need to get there, and I think they could be a completely different team if everyone on their team shows up. So I'm not I'm not ready to count them out for the season yet. We'll talk more about it on the preview episode this week. But I'm not ready to count them out. Um, Dad, just real quick, how good do you think TCU could be with Brandon Giles at quarterback?
2: Yeah, after uh, after not this week's so the, the, after their second loss, I, I got I had a chance to speak to him for. A minute or two, we said, you know, I'm, I'm, there's no panic here. We're two games in. We'll figure this out. You know, we'll write the ship, and he did just that this week. I'm really impressed by the confidence and the play. And you know, I don't care what team is out there. If you put an effort like that every game, it doesn't matter who the team they're playing is, and and they they will put that effort out because that that's a, a reborn team
3: right now, as far hmm. as I can see.
2: Okay,
3: uh, I think that Kirsten, give me the stats on this one. Giles, 15-25, 190 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Also had 40 rushing yards and a touchdown. Um, Joe Pip, two catches, 61 yards and a touchdown. Also had two interceptions on defense. Scott Kruzman, three catches, 46 yards and a touchdown. Like we said, was pulling flags everywhere across the field um, on Saturday. Damian had an eight-yard um, receiving touchdown and had two sacks. Matt Marola had the pick six to really t- uh, put the ending, the icing on the cake to the game. Uh, Mikey Freeman had a nine-yard catch. Nick Rivas went 440 and a touchdown. Sean McDonald, two catches, 20 yards and a touchdown. And Anthony Garvey had two catches as well. Mm. For Clemson, Dylan had three catches for 21 yards. Also played a little quarterback. Threw an interception on his only passing attempt. Dalma, 16 of 22, 200 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Also had an interception on defense. Viterina, who was the league's leading receiver going into the week, only had two catches for 32 yards. Matt Hughes had three catches, 41 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Anthony Garvey. I mean, Tom Garvey subbing had three catches for 48 yards. Nick body had an 18 yard catch. Also had a sack. Jordan album, the lone star of the team, three catches, 53 yards and a touchdown. And Tommy Torrey, one catch, 16 yards. Can I say one more thing. Uh, my apologies. to Matt. you calling a Vin this week. Uh, it's not
2: like I don't know who you are. I've watched the play all last year on Kurtzman's team. Uh, one thing I do want to mention there's two minutes and eight seconds left to the game and, and Clemson's getting blown out. Uh, Matt calls a timeout at two oh eight, and everyone's going, "Why is he calling timeout? Just let it run." No, this is the this is the way you have to play. You know, here's a guy that wants to play the game the way it's supposed to be played. Called this timeout at two eight, got another timeout at the two minute warning. He wanted the most out of
3: the game, and I respect that. And I think every player should that's play definitely like that. an indication exactly of who Matt Hughes as right. Hughes is as a person as well as an athlete. Um, I played on teams with him. For the last couple of years, and he's always the kid that even if we're getting blown out, he has the energy. He's the one telling us, keep our heads up, stay in the game, let's get a stop. So, I listen, I like TJ said, I like their team. They just need to show up. Yeah. No. Let's, yeah. You yeah
2: let's guys... get everyone out there. If you paid to play in this league and, you know, you were drafted at high positions, people are counting on you. Your team's counting you. Show up.
0: All right, let's get into the last game of the day here uh notre dame versus ohio state i'm going to disqualify myself from this i barely saw any of the game i saw jake's touchdown and then that was really it i left right after uh Kurtzman,
3: i'll yeah. go to you here you did you're doing stats yeah i did stats this game so i can talk a lot about it um notre dame's defense came to play early they made life on ib hard the entire game um i thought jake did the same exact thing to sam allen the entire game Uh, The offenses didn't move the ball well. It was uh, six-six at halftime, and I thought maybe Notre Dame could pull out a a grinded-out type of game, a grinded-out type of win. But Ohio State's athletes uh, getting pressure on Sam forced him into four interceptions on the day. One being returned for a touchdown by Prem, another being returned deep into uh, Ohio State territory into Notre Dame territory for uh, leading to a more touchdown. They kind of put the icing on the cake for that game. Um, I think that Ohio State proved that. They are definitely one of the two best teams in this league, and I think Notre Dame, although losing the game, I think that they prove that they can at least hang with the likes of Ohio State, Oklahoma, Arizona State, but I think that they need to figure out how they're going to continue to slow down pass rushes, give Sam Allen more time, and hopefully get some more offensive success because a lot of their success throughout the season has been through their defense and their defense making plays and setting up their offense, so Playing better teams, they're going to make less mistakes than the the worst teams in the league. So I think that they need to find a way to get offensive success when their defense isn't causing turnovers or scoring points for them. So how do we feel, or how do you feel now? You saw Sam Allen against an elite team. Give me a little bit about how he played. Um, listen, I think uh, Jake rushing against anybody is not easy to stop him. And if you're a quarterback, you always need to know where he is. I think we can all speak for our... Uh, I think I can speak for all the quarterbacks in the league that when you're playing Jake, you catch a snap, the first thing you look at to see is if Jake kind of got by the line and if you need to make a move, or if he didn't get by the line, you might have a second or two to actually process the field before rolling out one way or the other. Um, He didn't have a good game. I do think that playing more elite teams like my team, like Augie's team, uh, I'm not sure who else they have to play the rest of the season. I know they have to play Arizona, who is looking like one of the better teams in the league. Uh, I think he'll grow from this experience. I think he understands that he needs to do um, less dancing in the backfield. I think he was doing a lot of trying to make guys miss in the backfield. That's not really his game. His game is uh, getting the ball out quick to his receivers and then make plays for him. He had a lot of rushing attempts as well. And one thing I want to say to Sam, Sam, I hope you're listening, decide to run earlier in the play. I think a lot of times he'd be rolling out and still kind of jogging, looking for a receiver, and that would cut down on the amount of yards he can get once he decided to run. I think that he needs to make quicker decisions. But like I said, playing against someone, the pedigree of Jake on the defensive line and him getting through on a lot of the plays, that's no discredit to the offensive line of Notre Dame, but Jake is a lot to handle on the D-line. So I just think that he will get better and Sam will continue to improve. But Notre Dame definitely has some work to do on offense. That's my Uh, big evaluation. Yeah, no, I just, another
0: interesting uh, thing, how that that Notre Dame defensive line with Nick Douglas, uh,
3: how did they do getting against, uh, how did they do going against Anthony Mimbo? Yeah, like I said, they definitely caused pressure on him the entire game. Nick Douglas had two first-half sacks. I know one was to end the half that kept the score at 6-6 at halftime. And I really think they had a good um, – I don't know like, really what their plan was on defense, but at least early in the game, they were confusing IB, getting to him early. He had to make a lot of, um, like, off-balance throws. I know we're used to seeing them, but he missed a couple of I know he missed Prem high on a throw, but he made a very nice throw to Prem on yes. the deep ball to the sideline. Also, Prem, nice catch. That was a, a very over-the-shoulder – a nice over-the-shoulder catch. that really not caught by everyone in this league, I'll say that for a fact. Um Listen, IB, like we said, he's a cheat code in the backfield, but I think that Notre Dame did a pretty decent job of containing that aspect of Ohio State's offense. I think that Jake did more of the damage, and his receivers did more of the damage than his offensive linemen normally do.
2: Dad, did you see any of this game? I was peeking, I was cheating, because that's the game I really wanted to see. Uh, I was referring on the other side, but it was at the same time that uh, their game was going as mine was. I got to talk to Jake at the end of the game, and I asked him, uh, what was it? Was it your offense not working today? And you know what? Jake doesn't give out a lot of credit to a lot of people, but he turned around and said, you know what? They got some dogs on that defense, and he pointed out um, Douglas, and he pointed out Nick King. He said, uh, they, play, they play really good. Um, to me, this was a, uh, are you ready for prime time for Notre Dame? That team showed up. Yeah. I, I think Notre Dame showed up. I think there was some... Uh, some fixable mistakes. Fixable mistakes, and I, I, I'm confident that Sam can figure that out. So, uh, you know, I, I think they'll be fine moving forward. But uh, like I said, they gotta pick up their game when they play against these elite teams.
3: Yeah, I think Douglas is also showing that he's one of the best receiving threats. If not if he wasn't already known as one of the best receiving threats in the league as a uh, offensive lineman, he really showed it today. He was getting open, making guys miss with uh making guys miss flag grabs and really just all over the place on both sides of the ball. Uh, I'll get into the stats in a second, but he is definitely having a day in terms yeah, of Yeah, give me stats give me the stats. Get into yeah. the stats. Um sorry, give me one second. Douglas six catches ninety yards two touchdowns also had two sacks. Sam Allen finished eleven of twenty three for one hundred thirty three yards two touchdowns four interceptions also rushed eight times for seventy two yards. Uh, Q was held in check this game two catches ten yards also had a pass breakup and an interception. Uh, he is also he in he contention, contention for de- five defensive interceptions through three games. Yeah, he's he's, he's he getting the-
0: targets that game or he
3: had six targets so. Q is probably defensive player of the year through three. I take that back, Tyson. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and then Joe Pismo subs for them had three catches for thirty five yards. Uh no one else really did anything of much um for Notre Dame. And for Ohio State, I B nine of sixteen, hundred sixteen yards and two touchdowns, um, throwing, also had one touchdown receiving, also had an intercep- I air, mean, he didn't have a touchdown receiving, he had a touchdown rushing, and he had an interception on defense. Jake had seven catches for sixty five yards and a touchdown. Uh, uh Johnny is Samarko that the interception. I am the best touchdown. Yes, that was the I am the best. Yeah, touchdown. that is a phenomenal catch. Yeah. Uh, Morik had a 13-yard touchdown his first of the year. Prem had a pick six as well as two catches for 41 yards. We talked about that earlier. TJ Engstad, another interception. That's another. three straight games for TJ Engstad. Another Now discount running. him as play, defensive players. I feel like every week we're saying another TJ Engstad interception or another TJ, T.J. Engstad playing well, making good plays. Christian Carataro also had an interception, and that's the majority of the stats for well, the uh, state.
1: Who, who covered Q?
3: Jake was on defensive line, I think it was Prem, and mm. Prem did a pretty good yeah, job. Yeah, some pictures I was looking at, they had some pictures of Jake covering Q. On. Yes, there were some, yeah, Jake, I know Jake came out at the start of the game and covered Q early, Q had one of his catches on a screen on that, but for the most part, Jake was playing defensive I line. I still believe you gotta get the ball to Q as much as you can. Yeah, I, I think through three weeks, I've been saying that to Sam each of the three weeks, he needs to get Q the ball more.
2: I know, uh, listen, none taken away from, from Douglas or, or King if he's throwing them the ball, they're great players. Uh... You want to talk about cheat codes,
3: Q's a cheat code? Yeah, Q's the guy that needs to get the ball in his hands. He's a sh- uh, very good jump cut when he has the ball in his yeah. hands. T- tough flag flag to grab. So I think that Sam needs to do a better job of getting Q the ball. Throw him those deep balls that you keep throwing in the King. Right. Let's let him, let's let's give Q a chance to make a play downfield. I, I, I think that's it for the recap. Pretty solid recap on the games. Let's go to our
0: power. Actually, no. Let's do picks. dogs of the week.
2: No, let's go picks. Oh, all right, uh, so review our picks. picks. We, we all, all went... Yeah, that review Everyone our picks. Everyone went 3-1. Uh, I was right on every game except for the uh, TCU-Clemson game. And uh, both you and Kurtzman were right on everything except for
3: the... Uh, Arizona UCLA game. Arizona so you UCLA still game.
2: hold a two-game lead against us. Yes, I do. And your undefeated season went down the yeah, track. Down. Yeah, down. But that's okay. I'm glad to see TCU come out with a win there. Uh, I'll sacrifice my record to see a team get better.
0: All right, let's get into your Dogs of the Week here, Dad. Give me your... Your guys who, you know, fly under the radar that play really
2: well, that need some, you know. Um... It's not that they fly under the radar. They're just not the, the skill positions per se, or they can be. It's just someone that, like I always said, that you need to help you win a game. Uh, Clemson, I'm going to go with Clemson TCU from Clemson. I'm going to go with Vin Arena. No, I'm sorry. I'm going go with Matthews. That was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. Matt <laughs> was great. Uh, TCU, I'm going to go with a skill position. I'm going to go with Brandon Giles because he was the spark plug that turned this team around. So he's the dog for me. Uh, UCLA, Billy Andrews, two interceptions, played really great. Um, Arizona, uh, it's between two guys. It's between Paulie yeah. and I'm going to go Joe Ivanak with an interception and a, and a touchdown, a key touchdown and a key moment of the game. Uh, let's see. OSU, we're going to go with uh, Jake Esposito. I am the best, Jake Esposito. Uh, again, high energy always all over the field. Great touchdown, highlight fucking touchdown over, uh, over Q it was, I believe. Yeah, right. Uh, Notre Dame, going to go with Douglas, two touchdowns, 90 yards receiving. Sacks. Two sacks. He's a beast he of the line. He's field. a beast both ways. Uh, one of the better players in the league. He's got to get his due. Uh, let's go Oklahoma. We're going to go with Kurtzman. Kurtzman, who played a stellar game at quarterback and also pulled off a key safety in a, uh, in a key moment of the game. And for Arizona State, our very own right here, Tom Garvey, it's a fix, who's picked off Kurtzman every game he's ever played against him. Mm. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a so they fact.
3: say. Mm. All right, ah. let's,
2: let's get into this. It's your dog's of the week. Last thing
0: we got here on the recap slate is our power rankings. We do our power rankings after every week. We see the teams play, and we come up with our list, one through eight. Dad, I'll start with you again. Give me your power rankings. Start from one, go down to eight. All
2: right, at one, we got uh, Oklahoma sitting on top. I don't see anyone on uh, them anytime soon. Two, uh, OSU, Ohio State. Uh, and, and bimbo still has that team rolling. Three, I'm going to go, I'm going to stay with ASU. Mm. Uh, they're one and two, right? Yeah. One and two, you can say why they're sitting at number three when their teams have better records. Until someone can beat them, I mean, the, the other teams, other than the teams that already beat them, until they can prove that they can be beaten by the, I, don't, I hate to say lesser teams, but teams that, that haven't have proved have, as much, yet. right, that haven't proved as much, I'm still keeping them at, at three. Four, I have Arizona moving up. At the five spot, I have Notre Dame. Six, UCLA. Seven, oh, it's moving up a spot and could be a spot every week, TCU. And at the bottom at number eight, Clemson. I'm hoping that their players hear this, uh, rally around this, show up, play up, and let's get up in the rankings. All right,
0: my number one team, I have Oklahoma and Kurtzman as well. My number two team, I'm going to say the same with you here, Dad. I got Ohio State. Number three, I'm going to agree. I'm going to move Augie's team back up in the Power Rangers number three despite two consecutive losses. Why? Because now I think they're battle-tested. I'm projecting moving forward here. I think Augie only gets better from this point. I'm instilling some confidence with Augie. he needs. I couldn't kick him while he's down. I'm moving him up to number three, despite another tough loss. Number four, I'm going to go Notre Dame. I flip-flopped here. I went. I had uh, Notre Dame ahead of them last week. I think Notre Dame proved themselves. I think they're a worthy opponent of anyone. I think they played really well. Five, I have Arizona. I think Arizona could beat any team in the league if Smitty plays the way that he just played. I think I had a little bit of a inner conflict whether I was going to put Arizona above Notre Dame or not, but... I will stay because they're both sitting at two one one right now. I will stay Notre Dame over um Arizona for the time being, but I think it's very close. Number six, I'm also I'm gonna switch it up here. Number six, let me go TCU. Ooh. I'm gonna take Brandon Giles, Matt Morola, Scott Cruzman, Joe Pip, Damien, uh, Damien. I love their team right now, and I think Brandon Giles, if he's if he's got it, I think he's got it. And I think they'll be really good. UCLA, we need to see them put it together for the full game. I got them at 7. UCLA sitting at 7, they could easily be 4. I yeah. think I think all, I think. think they could easily be 4 right now. Uh, number 8, obviously Clemson. They just haven't had their roster. They haven't had their full team yet. They need to get it together.
3: That's our power rankings. Uh, before we get out of here, is there anything that anyone wants to add before we leave? Yeah, I think I just want to add on to what Tommy said. Uh, Listen, if you're 0-3, you're one game out of a playoff spot right now. Mm. The succeed is still 1-2. You still have a chance to make the playoffs. I'm really just talking to Clemson right now. Uh, Don't get down on yourselves. Your whole team shows up. You're a completely different team. Um, And everyone else, keep getting better each week. Keep finding that fluidity on offense. Keep finding the cohesion on defense. You want to be hitting your stride going into the playoffs. So if you don't have it yet, there's still four weeks to get ready for the playoffs and make your progression each week that helps you
0: pro- go in the
3: playoffs. Um, I'm not sure who each one each team plays this week, but that'll be tweeted out later.
2: I, I'd like to add that uh, don't concede anything. When you get to the field, you're the team to beat. Uh, when I used to play... Uh, We used to get on the field and there was a good player on the other team, and he might have been the best player in the league. And everyone would say, Is he the best player on the field today? And I always say the same thing, Not today. He's not the best player today. You got to have that attitude every time you play. Go out and say, I'm winning this game today. I'm making a play that's going to make my team win. That's the attitude you got to have. All right. Uh, That's going to be it for the episode number 32, week three recap. We will
0: catch you guys later on in the week for the week four preview. If you're listening on Apple, make sure to subscribe. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Follow the page, leave a like on the episode. You will get a notification every single time something is posted. And we'll see you guys later in the week. And again, S.J.V. Turf, uh, Saturday. We'll see you then. I don't with you. I'm following with you. <laughs>